Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before we introduce our guest, I want to tell you a couple really cool things that happened this week. Sometimes it's not the big things. It's the little things that can just really make our day. And this is so silly, but I'm going to share it anyway. So my husband gave me a $10 bill the other day so I could go into the store and buy him a bagel. Now, he had some other chores to run, so I went and did that. But I told him I didn't really need the money. I had 69 cents in my pocket. I could buy him a bagel. But he gave me the money anyway. And I went into the store. And then I used the restroom. I'm sorry if that's too much for radio. Um, But I lost the $10 bill. I was really frustrated. I got up to the counter to pay for his bagel. And there's not there's nothing in my pocket. That's where I'd put it was in my pocket. And I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. I don't know how I lost it. It was there. Now it's not. And so after I paid for the bagel with the 69 cents that I already had, I walked back toward the bathroom and I was just going to make a little path of where I had been to see if I could find it. And there was a line to get in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know what was going on that day. But I asked I asked the lady that was next in line if I could just run in real quick and look and see if I dropped a $10 bill. She goes, oh, somebody found that and they took it up to customer service. Now, let me ask you, who does that? That is so, I mean, if you find a wallet, yes, you know whose it is. If you see it drop out of somebody's pocket, yes, you tell them that it did. But if it's on the ground, how many people, would honestly go turn it into customer service. So I walked up to customer service and I said, I heard a really nice person turned in a $10 bill that I dropped. And he said, yes, she did. And I was able to get my $10 bill back. (laughs) And I know it's just such a little thing, but the honesty of people sometimes just blows me away. And I and I love I love hearing stories like that. You know, I just because you might think that it doesn't matter, but it does. It made my day. And I'm really hoping for the person who turned in the money didn't ask to be recognized in any way, shape, or form. I hope that they had a very blessed day and and I said a little blessing for them, hoping that their day was was just full of something wonderful and successful. And it kind of reminded me of that little book that I have that I that I share oftentimes, um, and this is a little book with the foreword by Tim McGraw. It was written by Tim Nichols and Craig Wiseman. And it's a, really about how to make somebody else's day. And you, you can make your day by making somebody else's day. And there's a little, a little thing in here. Let me just read it real quick. It says, tell a little girl with no front teeth that she is beautiful. I remember having no front teeth. That was a horrible time of life. But tell a little girl with no front teeth that she is beautiful. Ask an old man to tell you about the good old days. Be a big tipper. It feels good. Don't fight tears. Let them win. Just listen to a friend who needs to talk. Give away something you have held dear and tell the little old lady with no front teeth that she is beautiful. Remind your loved ones that they are loved. Remind your friends that they are the best. Remind your family that they are your lifeline. And remind yourself that you don't stop and say these things often enough. And a lot of times, don't say anything at all. I love that. I love this book. It's so full of little little quick 
thoughts for the day. So with that, I want to bring on somebody who is very special to me. And in case I don't tell her often enough, Allison, I love you. (laughs) I am so proud of everything that you've done for Breast Friends. So I want to say that before I bring her on. And now I will do exactly that. So Allison Hancock is my guest today. She is the executive director of Breast Friends. Now, Allison started as a volunteer um, several years back, and she was a, a volunteer with our organization. But I invited her to come on today because Allison has stepped into a really big role. Um, she's, she's basically taking over the reins of the organization. She's been at it for a couple of years now, but 2019 was her first real year by herself doing this. Um, By herself, I mean, she has staff, but uh, she didn't have me hounding her all the time. So uh, she's done a great job. But before we even get into all that, I invited Allison to come on and talk about her personal battle with breast cancer and then kind of how she moved from one role to the other in our organization. So welcome, Allison. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, Becky. I am honored to be your first guest of the new decade, and uh, I'm so grateful for you and for the great mentor that you have been to me and oh. filling yeah. the big shoes that I have had to fill. Uh, but I you know, love you, too, and um, I appreciate all that you have done for me. Well, it's it sounds like a mutual admiration society here, so that's a that's a good thing. So, Allison, before we kind of get into your role at Breast Friends and your vision for 2020, I want to hear your story. I, I know that, you know, so many people, you're so involved in, in the day-to-day administrative stuff, I don't know how many people actually get to hear your story of how you were diagnosed, and, and I know you'd lost your mom earlier on, so you didn't even have your mom to support you through this. So why don't you just go back in time and tell us like how old you were and tell us about your kids and just what was going on in your life at the time. Okay, sure, I would love to. I was uh, diagnosed when I was 40 years old. That was 15 years ago. And um, I had gone in for my regular uh, routine uh, physical and my doctor felt a lump. And she said, I think you need to go get that checked out. Why don't you go get scheduled for a mammogram and an ultrasound? And um, so I did that. After well, those, that are, test, those are familiar I, words, aren't they? <laughs> yes. And being um, young, you know, that scared me, but I went ahead and did it anyway, and the mammogram and ultrasound came back came back negative. There was nothing there. They didn't really? see anything, but the lump was still there. Hmm. So she said, why don't you wait three months, because it could be hormonal, it could be, you know, related to your period, uh, so let's just wait for three months. So I waited hmm. three months went back in, and they said, well, why don't we do a biopsy and check it out? So I was scheduled for the biopsy and went in, and they um, actually at that time, they went ahead and did a lumpectomy. They removed the whole tumor uh, that was there, and it came back. Um, the doctor said, it's 99% sure there, there's nothing there. But um, I went in on my husband's birthday, November 2nd of 2004, 
and I had my boys were three and four at the time, and I didn't bring, I didn't have childcare for them, so they were in the office with me, and that's the day that I found out that I had breast cancer. So they found it out in a in the pathology of the tumor, not through the through a mammogram. Is that right? Am I hearing that right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Wow. I wonder what, I mean, I know mammogram is not the perfect tool, but it's still the one of the best ones that we have for detecting cancerous lumps in the breast. And I'm, it just, it's amazing to me. I mean, sometimes they don't see anything, they don't feel anything, so they just assume there's nothing there. And then, you know, the next time you go in a year later, there's something big. So they probably missed it. But in this case, they could see the lump. They, I mean, they could feel the lump, but it just didn't turn up on a mammogram and but they could still feel that's that's incredible to me which kind of goes to show you persistence is important isn't it yes it is because there was no reason why I wanted to keep it in there so I said get it out and then that's when it was um, determined that it was breast cancer and with my boys being with me I you know had to have a few moments in the office by myself um, mm. because I didn't, my husband wasn't there with me. He said, do you want to go? Do I want him to go? I said, no, it'll be fine. And then that, and it wasn't <laughs> that's so, fine. That is so you. No, it'll be fine. Everything is going to be fine. <laughs> that is, that's but so that you, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that day, you know, was his birthday, plus it was an election year, and it was the day that he proposed to me um, oh. in 1994, so 10 years prior uh, to that, so that day, you know, holds you know a place in my heart for you know memories that are happy and sad. Uh, oh, I but, bet it um, So, how did you get some time alone with your boys in the office with you? How'd you do that? I ended up just the doctor and nurse said, you know, you can stay here in the office for a few minutes, and uh, I was crying. I didn't want to believe that I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. So I, you know, stayed there for probably five or ten minutes and then went out and, you know, got the boys, loaded them up in the car, and then headed home. Uh, But the first place I stopped um, on my way home was at my church, and uh, the church secretary was there, and I just ran up to her, and, and she was a good friend of mine, and we had a moment of crying and tears, mm-hmm. and you know, she was really an encouragement to me and helped me through my journey. So, had she had experience with cancer before herself? She had not personally, but she um, had had friends who had been affected with breast cancer. Okay, so she'd been a, a support person before, so that that's good. You know, it's funny how people will rise to the occasion without necessarily having the experience but you know sometimes sometimes people don't know what to do and so they kind of stay away but you're very that was smart to go where you knew you would get some level of support that was great um so talk talk about your kids how did you find I mean they were three and four how did you finally tell them or what what happened when you got home I bet your husband was really upset he wasn't there with you because I know Mark Yes, he was. He was, and it was his birthday, and we were going to celebrate and go out to dinner, but I did not, you know, want to celebrate, and so he was, you know, very understanding and was my, you know, rock through the whole uh, process of Mm -hmm. therapy and radiation, 
Um, they, the doctors did go back in and clean out the margins um, just okay. to be sure that they had gotten everything. And then they had taken uh, lymph nodes, and the lymph node, my sentinel node was positive, but it didn't spread mm-hmm. past that. Okay. Um, so even looking back at the pathology report, they said that it had metastasized because it went beyond the original point. Um, mm. of, and so... I don't think of myself as being metastatic. Um, but yeah. They, well, and, and that, that's you know, true. And you're, and you're wise. Yeah, you're wise not to consider yourself that because the term metastases is, is an interesting term. It's a, it's a verb and a noun from what I understand. The verb is in the process of cancer spreading a little bit. That's that's a metastasis. But when you when it's when you have metastatic cancer, that's that's a different kind of cancer. Um, and usually it's it refers to being stage four because it's moved into a vital organ. So, you know, the process it had spread a little bit, but it was still very regional at that point, I presume. Um, so that Bye. that's good. And it's a lot of us get get found my first diagnosis, mine had done the same thing, it had gone into my lymph nodes, and but it was considered regional. And, and if it's in that same area, they don't really consider it too much that way. And it's been kind of a controversy. I've heard people tell me that they've got metastatic breast cancer, because it went into the lymph nodes. And I just kind of because it's got such a negative term, I wish I wish there was a different way to describe it, you know, Um, because it isn't the same thing. And uh, right, and I don't right. think people women should get scared as much as they are by hearing those those words. So how did that feel to you when you heard that? I was scared. I didn't know what the future of my life would be. My boys mm-hmm. were three and four, and and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to be around when they mm-hmm. you know graduate. Um, high school, go to college, you know, see and yet. Up. <laughs> here and they yet, are, right? Yeah. 15, <laughs> yep. 15 years later, yep. um, I did have the chemotherapy radiation, then I was in a five year uh, maintenance program with um, Arimidex. Okay. And at, the, at that time, that was the standard of treatment for five years. Sure. Sure. And um, still, I go in for my yearly mammograms and appointments, and everything is clean which I'm very thankful for. Oh, Allison, me too. I, I'm very, I'm so happy for you with that. That's great. And you do have, I mean, one son is already in college and you've got another one. Is he going next year? Is he one more year left? He graduates this year um, okay. in June in high school and they okay. will both be attending Oregon State. So then your next goal will be to watch them get married, and then your next one will be to watch them have kids so you can have grandkids. It's, it's lovely. I, I love having these these future goals you know, that involve our children that we have absolutely no control over whether they get married and have kids or not, but it's certainly in our, our path for them. <laughs> At least it was for yeah, me. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> There's something special about having grandkids. So, well, so how did they, did they, cope okay? I mean, they're three and four. They probably didn't really understand much about what was going on at the time. Yeah, they, they didn't. Um, they just knew that mommy was sick and she was taking medicine to make her feel better and get and get well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they I have pictures of them with, you know, with my bald head and them smiling big and they, you know, mommy is mom to them right. and they didn't care if I didn't have hair or not, um, and I'm very thankful for the support that I had. A lot of my uh, friends and family 
uh, mm. supported me, and it was a great encouragement. Uh, but the one piece that was missing was being able to talk with other women who had gone through mm. breast cancer and navigating that journey. Now, Allison, you lived back uh, east was, at the time, right? You were you were back in Connecticut or some were you in Connecticut at the time, or yes, where, I, okay. uh, we had moved to Connecticut um, outside of New Milford, which is on the western edge. We were like two miles from the New York border. Okay, and so being even being in a small community, um, they had a regional cancer center right there in our own town, which was great. Um, well, that's and the good. care that I received was wonderful, very personable. It wasn't, you know, you were a person, you weren't a, a number, um, and that meant a lot to me. And yeah, I even I had bet it did. friends, friends who were um, nurses. Uh, my radiation oncologist um, was his nurse uh, attended my church, and so she, I knew her. So it was nice to have a familiar face. There Good. to help, Good. Um, you know, to be supportive of, yeah. of me and and giving me the you know the knowledge that I needed to mm-hmm. continue on. You know, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the role that you that you played in Breast Friends and and it makes so much more sense to me now why you got involved with us to begin with, um, since you went through your journey without really having that. That, that part of the support team. So let's let's take a break and we'll come back in, in a few minute, couple minutes and we'll pick up we'll pick up where we're left off. okay? Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Allison Hancock, who is Breast Friends Executive Director. And Allison, just before the break, we were talking about um, your journey, and we talked about your incredible support system that you had, but it was still missing something. It was missing, you know, being with others who have really been around this block a time or two. And so you, at some point, moved to Oregon and when did that happen? And then how did you find Breast Friends? Because you, you reached out to us, as I recall. Yes. Uh, my husband um, had um, been laid off in 2011, and he was looking for a job and found a connection here in um, the Portland area and accepted a job in 2012. And that's when our family moved to Oregon. Um, you know, 10 or going on 10 years, you know, we're, this is a new decade. And I've been thinking about, you know, my story and what I've experienced through the years. And who knew in, when I was diagnosed in 2004 that I would be living, you know, all, all the way over here in, in Oregon, you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast is like 3,000 miles. And I it's really a big change. Know. I mean, weather-wise, it's a big change. And I think culturally, it's a big change. I've spoken on the East Coast, and it's a different climate, I think, you know, people-wise. And, yeah. and yeah, it, not, it's not bad. I mean, it's just different. You know, Oregon is so progressive and, and you know, we're so futuristic, I think. I don't know. Anyway, so carry on. Yeah, I grew up in just a as you can probably detect a southern accent, I grew up in Texas. So we, uh, I lived in Texas all my life, moved to Connecticut in 1999 and lived there 13 years, and then we moved to the West Coast. So my husband and I always joke that we've lived on all three coasts, the Gulf Coast, the East Coast, and the West Coast, but the West Coast is our, is our favorite. Aww. Yeah, I don't blame you, but okay. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm oh, sorry. What year? What year was that? That was 2012. 2012. So we moved okay. Here in October of 2012, and I'm only like five minutes from the breast friend's office, and so I kept passing this sign every day: breast friends, breast friends. And then in September of 2013, I decided to stop in one day. I was curious uh, what Breast Friends was, and I stepped into the office and met Sharon. She was there and greeted me with her great big smile and her warm hug, and I never left. That is true. And you've been, so you started volunteering with us, and you know I miss her in the office, don't you? I mean, she's I just, sure she's, do. yeah, she's just got that warm. I mean, we have Yvonne now, and Yvonne is no slug either, you know, so she certainly warms up everybody when they walk in, too. So at least, you know, we've been, we've been replaced by very competent people, which is very good. But, you know, you still, you still miss the people that you love and care about. So you, so you came in, and you got, if I recall, you got plugged in pretty quickly. And you started out as our volunteer, volunteer coordinator, right? Yes, yes. I started out as a volunteer, volunteer coordinator, and uh, put a lot of the processes in place of how to recruit for volunteers, how to get them trained, and how to get them plugged into our organization. 
And the first event that I attended was the luncheon. And that was very special and very heartwarming to see, you know, how many women were supported by Breast Friends and the community that it reaches. And there was there's nothing like a room full of women who have the same places that they've experienced and coming together, you know, smiling, hugging, and loving each other. And that was, you know, just a confirmation that I was in the right place. Yeah. So I was going to ask you what you gained from being that the volunteer coordinator, but I think you just you just kind of said it. Was there anything else? I um, just love being able to interact with the volunteers who come into the office to really sit down and and hear what their heart is and see where they can be plugged in and where they can have the most impact. Well, I remember you you just did that very well. People right away people felt like they had a home when they came in, you know, trying trying to find a, a role for every person that walks in the door that wants to volunteer is a challenge, you know, as I recall, because you don't want to put people in a position doing something that they really don't like to do. You don't want to undervalue them and you know, we kind of learned the hard way one time we had a very bright woman who came in and and she said you know just put me wherever you need me I'll do whatever you need whatever needs to be done and we had this project that was constantly needing supplies you know folding hankies and stuffing them in envelopes and doing all this so that's what we that was her job when she came in and she ended up leaving us because it was just not utilizing her skill set and I get that um but sometimes it's hard to figure out what those things are but somehow you did you figured out what people's skills were and you put the right people in the right spot do you remember how you went about that because i think every organization needs to hear this because it's so easy volunteers are hard to get but they're harder to keep sometimes you know if you don't have them in the right job so right right we always start out with a volunteer application form they fill out the application form and there's we want to know what their strengths are, what they uh, enjoy doing, and then we have a list of all the volunteer opportunities that we have at Breast Friends. And for any organization, I think it's good to have you know, a list of the opportunities to volunteer and uh, have them check that off. And then after they complete the form, they would send the form back to me. And then at that time, I would look at the form then contact the individual and set up a meeting and discuss their their volunteer desires and talk to them more about Breast Friends if they weren't familiar with our organization mm-hmm. and getting them plugged in to you know that specific role. I remember at one point, and I don't remember if this was when you were still volunteering or not, but we did eventually move you into a different role because we had a a really big need for an event coordinator. We'd been through a couple different people, and and um, we just needed someone to assist in that arena. And that's when I was still, you know, full time with the organization. But you know, it's hard to do everything, which you have now learned. It's very hard to do everything. So we moved you into the role of event coordinator to assist me with with all the event planning and coordinating of things. And you did a very, very thorough and good job, you know, with that. And Allison, I have to, you know, when you start something like Breast Friends, you know, Sharon and I started this 20 years ago now. And we 
you know, we always had this vision that we'd be able to walk away from it one day and know that it was going to carry on. And I'm I'm so thankful that we found you, that you walked into our office that day, because I think that had had we not moved you into the role of, of event coordinator, I don't know that I would have had the confidence to be able to walk away and leave this in your very capable hands. And But I, I got to watch you, you know, firsthand just do some some amazing things that you did that job way better than I ever did you know so not my strength but certainly yours and um, but that's an event coordinator that's a that's a big job because you know we rely on donations to for everything that we do we don't sell widgets and we don't you know have programs that we charge for we just we just need we raise money and so we do it through various events and through online activities and whatnot um but you were so good at coordinating all of that, and that gave me that confidence that I needed to to move you into a, a new role when I moved out. And um, I want to get into that, if, if you don't mind, um, because I don't want to run out of time here. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Do you remember when when we talked to you about becoming executive director? It was two years ago now, wasn't it? It was in 2017 you were looking okay. at transitioning, and uh, at that time I was uh, the event coordinator, co- coordinating the events for Breast Friends, and mm-hmm. you and I worked you know, closely. You were mentoring me on you know, the different aspects of coordinating an event, from sponsorships to procurement, uh, all the many details that are you know, involved in that, and that in 2017 we worked you know, side by side. Literally, you moved into my office, as I as I remember. Sharon had moved yeah. out, and you moved into my office, and we sat there literally in the same room, 10 feet away from each other, and that was, I think that was good for both of us. Um, well, it was good yeah, for me. I don't know if it was good for you. A, <laughs> oh, no. We painted from a dark or dreary gray uh, walls to this pretty bright, Sort of terracotta kind of color pe- and it just peach color or something. Yeah, it was really pretty. I peach, I thought yeah. it was it was nice. It just really kind of brightened up the space a, a bit. So, um, so you but you learned all the nitty gritty, all the nuts and bolts of of that part of the job, the fundraising part of it. So it just felt to me when I when I was ready to move out that the next transition was to take everything that you've learned now as a volunteer coordinator, everything you learned as an event coordinator and take over the reins. And, you know, even there, there was, there's still some learning and there's still some learning. And, you know, you call me once in a while, which is, is wonderful that it's not, it doesn't have to be very often because you're learning so many things and you've, you've really picked up the reins beautifully. But um, I what I, I kind of wondered if you have time now in your busy role as a, as the executive director, is that, is that when you took it over was 2017 or was that 2018? 2018. 2018. So 2017 was the year you were the event coordinator, and then 2018 you moved into the new role. And now you have an event coordinator, so that's it's just gone full circle now. But, Allison, I know part of what really touched your heart in working you know, with the organization is talking to patients. Do you still have time or find time to do that? I do find time to do that when when there's a need. I know when I first started at Breast Friends, I was able to go to the Thriving Beyond Cancer Retreat with Sharon, 
when mm-hmm. she led those and I was the cook. And I really enjoyed going to, to those retreats. I think I've been to like 10 to 12 of them. And during those retreats, you know, you really get to know the, the, the women and hear their stories. And then you, you make friends after that, those uh, retreats. And that's one part, one part that I miss. Uh, going on those uh, because of being able to talk with patients and and being able to walk with them on their journey. I am able to, um, since we started the Warrior Women Workshops, I've been able to um, go to those when my schedule allows. And that, mm-hmm. you know, is a great opportunity to, to interact with the women that we touch. And that's... Yeah. You know, it's something that I will always make time for if it if it you know fits within my schedule. Because if well, you don't have that piece, and you and because the funding, you know, we provide funding for these programs, and so I want to be involved with the programs and see the difference that they're making, and also be able to talk with the women. Yeah, and that makes that makes perfect sense. And you know, one of the things that. Um, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. So never mind. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It's that doggone chemo brain. You know, you think you got it all figured out, and then you you just lose it. Do you ever experience that? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to share something that uh, through through my years, I've always been involved um, most of my life in, in volunteering. My parents were were big volunteers in the church. And I started volunteering when I was a teenager going on mission trips and uh, teaching. And through my years, through the different areas that I've been involved in, um, it's been in a lot of nonprofit Mm -hmm. uh, work. And so I know how uh, challenging it can be at times to um, rely on volunteers um, to, to help you grow the um, organization and how you rely on, you know, support from from donors. And um, since we don't sell anything except, you know, we don't sell any widgets, we don't sell any products um, that we can get money for, it's really touching the hearts of the people to want to, to give, to tell our story, to make an impact in their lives, and uh, to see that what we do resonates with them, and they want to be a part yeah. of what Breast is doing. And that's and that's one one thing that people can definitely um, participate in. Still, I mean, we we're still, and we're going to talk about this in the last segment, you know, a little bit more. But um, but there are we're always needing people to help us in a lot of different ways. So before we get into that, I remembered what I was going to say. You know, I do tell people on the show that if they need to reach out for support to go to breastfriends.org and there's a lot of great information on the website, but if they ever needed to call in and talk to somebody, chances are you're going to talk to Allison, right? Right. If I, yep, I'll be picking up the phone. <laughs> you know, and we I do have other, talk, you know. Yeah. And I, I know we have, excuse me, we have a lot of volunteers that work on the local programs. And um, so they're working with more of the local people calling in and, you know, they can come in and walk in and whatnot. But, but we do have people that, you know, we do want to encourage people from around the country to call. If you really need someone to talk to, now we're only, we're West Coast and we're, um, 
you know, definitely a, a nine to five kind of operation, but um, because we do want people to go home and have a life. But if you want to talk to somebody during those times and you just really need to hear a, a friendly voice, give our office a call and talk to Allison. And um, our number is 503-598-8048. Right, Allison? I, heard, I just speed dial it now. So is that the number? Yes, that is correct. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, but anyway, you call and ask for Allison, and she'll talk with you, you know, at least for a few minutes, and we may get you plugged in through a different, you know, avenue depending on what you need. But, um, but Allison is a is a great resource to the whole community. And but we are going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about her vision for 2020 and where we go from here. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Allison Hancock, Breast Friends Executive Director. And before we move on, I, I said when we came back from break, we would talk about plans for 2020. But before we do that, I want to ask you two things, Allison. One, what is first the first question? Is what's the most rewarding part of what you do? What brings you the greatest joy? Uh, the uh, most rewarding part of my job is, I guess there's two, two things that are most rewarding the first is working with a great team of women who have all been through the cancer journey, um, who get each other, and uh, seeing us come together to provide opportunities for women to participate in our programs. And the other rewarding part is seeing the women 
who um, participate in our programs to see the impact that is being made and to see their lives changed, how women can come into the office and be down and scared but leave with hope. And um, that, you know, brings me joy. We have a wall in our office of women who have participated in our Bald is Beautiful program, which is photographs uh, of women. Uh, We partner with a photographer and a makeup artist, and we provide this for uh, women. And we have this beautiful wall of women who who are bald but have beautiful faces. And uh, when I have a down day or I get all tied into all the logistics and want a break, I go into that office or and just see their beautiful smiles, and that brings me so much joy to see that even though cancer can be ugly, um, there's something good that comes out of it. You know, Allison, along that line, when I when I think about those pictures, you know, we've been, you and I have both been on on some of the the um, the sessions, the photo sessions where these pictures are being taken. And what's really interesting to me is sometimes we have to beg the ladies to go because it's so special, so amazing. But they're they don't feel beautiful at all when they walk in the door. They, you know, when you lose your hair and you've lost so much, you just sometimes it's just hard to see the beauty in in your face or in anything and but they walk in they'll come in and they'll be kind of nervous and shy about it but by the time they're done and they look so amazing and you know the makeup artist just has a way of capturing you know the beauty in these women um, no matter you know their age or their size or any of that it doesn't matter she has this knack um, in fact this is a very well known makeup artist she's done work with with the american idol people and you know i mean she's done she does a lot of really um, amazing things but she volunteers her time to come and do this and these ladies feel so special when they're done and and then to see the the beautiful looks on their faces and they feel so so amazing i mean it it's just fun to, to see that transition happen you know with them as well so yeah I can see how that would be very motivating and so how do you stay motivated to keep doing what you do because I know the administrative part of this job is not always fun dealing with board you know board issues and trademark issues and all that fun stuff right, <laughs> you know? right. yeah budget issues and just the day to day sometimes it gets <laughs> overwhelming but I stay motivated I'm a big reader and listen to podcasts as well to get, you know, motivation and encouragement. And um, I enjoy reading, you know, self-development books um, to give me the tools to carry, to carry on. I, you know, have a daily routine that I do. I have, I'm a woman of faith, and so I, you know, start my day with gratitude, and I have a short devotional that I read. And uh, whatever the word is for that day, I always feel like that it that it's just for for me. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Like for it today was about worry and anxiety, and uh, how sometimes we always worry about things that never come to pass. And we <laughs> Welcome to, to my world. <laughs> be present, you know. Be present yeah. in the moment and enjoy. The, you know, your surroundings in that moment and don't worry about, you know, are we going to get money in to pay for payroll this next month? Um, because, you know, that doesn't help and that doesn't solve anything. We have to trust and have to have faith that um, 
that we will, you know, get the resources that we need. And we've never... That's wonderful. Thankfully, we've never had that situation. It's always come, you know, people have always been generous in donating and and giving us what, what we need. Yeah, you know, when Sharon and I first started Breast Friends, we worked out of the trunk of our cars and out of our garages and our offices and whatnot. But the day we finally decided to sign a, a an agreement to move into that building where Breast Friends is today, we started with a little 150-square-foot box down on the first floor there um so but for us it felt like the Taj Mahal I mean it was it was a huge improvement for the two of us but I remember the day that we signed that paperwork we both agreed with the rent rent was 150 a month and we both agreed that the first time we couldn't pay rent we would both write a check for 75 dollars and we would take it out of our personal accounts and you know to your point Allison we have never had to do that you know, I remember when rent was coming due one particular month and the bank account was getting real close to zero. All of a sudden, we got a $200 check in the mail. It's like, oh, <laughs> it was from my mother, yeah. but whatever. It didn't matter. She oh. didn't know. She just sent a check. And, you know, back then, you're relying on all your friends and family for, for the support that you receive. But um, but we had, little by little, people started to support us and send in little bits here and there. And, you know, we're a much bigger organization now. And we have a lot more staff and we have a lot more square footage, but but the job but the job's gotten bigger too. We have a lot more patients that we work with. And you know, it's it just does kind of take care of itself sometimes, doesn't it? You know, I mean we have to work at it. We gotta work at it and, and faith is a is a good thing. So so tell me what changes have you seen in the breast cancer community as it relates to breast friends? There've been a lot of a lot of changes have happened. There has been a lot of changes. I think, um, you know, going back when you and Sharon started, you know, 20 years ago, there really wasn't a lot of programs out there for women uh, to get the support. Uh, so I see a lot more hospitals and organizations providing that support mm-hmm. uh, for the cancer patients. And so we as Breast Friends have to have to uh, be more creative on how we're going to reach women. Uh, mm-hmm. through their journey, and um, I think, you know, this last couple of years with creating some new programs, we've really seen an increase in in women who uh, need that support. Yeah. Uh, a lot of women, um, you know, enjoy that, that community, and um, we have seen through our, the different programs that, we're, that we have started, uh, we've built that community of women. And um, I think it's even going to be better in 2020 and looking forward to some of the great things that we have on the horizon. Well, why don't you talk about some of those things since we're in 2020 now? Is that, would that be appropriate to ask you that? Uh, sure. Um, I have, uh, since I started my role as executive director, I like to, to have a theme each, each year. Uh, this year, our theme is going to be Strengthen. Um, to make stronger, to um, we want to increase uh, the strength in our programs. Uh, we want to uh, be able to have solid programs for women. One of the things that we're looking at is um, a running group, women who um, have been affected with breast cancer but still like that physical activity after their treatment, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at um, looking at a running group for breast friends. And we have uh-huh. you know, several women in our organization who are marathon runners, who are triathletes, 
who really want to take hold of this and uh, form a Breast Friends Running Group. And so that's one of the exciting things uh, that we're doing. And also we have a new program that we started later in the year for our young women who have been affected with breast cancer. We call them our young warriors, Um, women who have um, young children who um, have been affected with breast cancer and how being a young mom can affect, you know, their relationships with their husbands, with their family, and their friends. So we've really uh, looking at 2020 to strengthen that program and uh, make it stronger. That's wonderful because I I think that's that's kind of I mean I know you were young when you were diagnosed you were forty I was forty three Sharon was forty you know we we've all been not all but many of us that are involved in breast friends were were young moms when we were diagnosed so we understand the the trauma but we're not young anymore <laughs> you know so it's time to kind of bring in some some younger women to. Um, who can bond with other younger women. And and I, I think it's great. We have the understanding. Um, I, I'm not as excited about the idea of running a marathon as I used to be. I used to think that would be cool. I just never did what I needed to do to make that happen. <laughs> but, uh, but I do certainly admire people who... Um, can do that, you know, who have that ability and that stamina. That's not me anymore, but um, but I think it's great that we're finding those those kind of holes in the program and filling them. And, and when Sharon and I started Breast Friends, it's always been about that. It's not about reinventing something that's already being done elsewhere. Um, if somebody's doing something really well, then let them do that thing really well. Um, but if we see a hole, you know, in a program, um, where there's there's some level of support missing, then then that's what we were about was trying to find those holes and fill them. And so I think that having that kind of a program for young women who, well, really for any woman who wants to to run a marathon, you don't have to be young to run a marathon. Um, right, right. Yeah. So anybody it's not who's for just the young, but, okay. yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, I kind of lumped them and together. It's exciting because you know with the foundation that you and Sharon have have left and built upon, you know, we're building upon that foundation. You know, our mission is still the same, helping women survive the trauma of cancer one friend at a time, and that will always be. So, um, you know, with our programs, we want to do the best job, you know, possible to meet that need, whether it's the radio show or through one-on-one support, through our HAT project, through our Young Warrior program, through our Walk and Talk you know, we want to help that woman through her journey, no matter what, um, you know, no matter what it is, you know, we want to be that support. And I think, oh, you know, that that's wonderful. mission is there and, you know, that's the, that's the foundation of Breast Friends. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. <laughs> you, know, you know, when you think about starting something like this and then being able to walk away and and know that it's going to carry on and it's going to carry on in a bigger, better, brighter way than it was before. So thank you so much, Allison, for being so important to that mission. So let me ask you, how can people... If our listener, you know, if, we, if you're listening right now and you say, you know, I want to be, I want to be part of this, I want to help, what can people do to help us right now? If they're local, you know, if we have a lot, if we have listeners in the Portland metro area, Salem, 
um, you know, get the word out. We want to be top of mind. Uh, we want people who are diagnosed with breast cancer or if they have a family and friend, they know that they can call Breast Friends uh, mm-hmm. as their resource. Um, we would love to have an opportunity to go into the medical community and meet the doctors, meet the nurses, to explain to them about our programs and how we can partner together. Um, if you want to do a third-party fundraiser, if you you know have a business um, or you know of someone who would like to do something special for the um, for a month to designate a certain amount of proceeds to go to Breast Friends, you know, give us a call. Um, if you want to volunteer for one of our events or um, be available to talk to patients, uh, we would love, you know, to have your support um, as well. And you can and, always reach us either by phone or email is a real easy way because I will always check my email to mail, M-A-I-L, at breastfriends.org. You know, well, that's pretty simple, email, yeah. And, and I'd be happy to um, contact you if you can't reach us by phone. Okay, and as far as for people who maybe aren't in the local area that can't get involved in, in those ways, um, still donations we've had last year as i recall we had a lot of facebook partners that that people who raised money for breast friends through through facebook and you know every now and then we'd see a campaign that was launched and you know they're raising five hundred dollars here and there and you know it's just if if the word got out through facebook that breast friends needs your support that's a great way to do it um you can also use if you're an amazon shopper switch to smile I don't know what it is, smile.amazon.com, I think. And you can register so a percentage of all your sales goes to Breast Friends, and we are on the drop-down menu. So just search for Breast Friends as a partner, and and there we are. Um, I think Fred Meyer does something uh, with with donations if you for all everything that you buy. So there's a lot of different ways to support us financially and also just flat out making a donation so that's really good too anyway we're out of time so i'm gonna we have to cut this off and we will be back next week until then remember there's always hope and we are here to help you find it sorry for the last minute jump off thank you for listening to breast friends cancer support radio please join becky olson again next wednesday at 12 o'clock noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.